I want, I want, I want me, 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 mine, 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 now, now, now. You know you're responsible for what you hear. You know you're responsible for what you hear. And welcome to Thoughts from the Hairy Head, the podcast where I talk about, well, whatever happens to be bouncing around inside my head at the moment, but mostly focusing on constitutional issues and political decentralization. This is episode 158 of Thoughts from the Hairy Head, and I appreciate you tuning in. This week, I'm going to talk about the nation's greatest calamity. $33 trillion. 629 billion, 187 million, 105,622 dollars and 79 cents. That was the national debt to the penny as of October 18th. That's a 33.5 trillion dollar plus calamity. A calamity. That's the exact word that the great anti-federalist writer Brutus used to describe a massive national debt. He wrote, quote, I can scarcely contemplate a greater calamity that could befall this country than to be loaded with a debt exceeding their ability to ever discharge. And here we are. Now, I talk about the debt a lot. I talk about it with the Tenth Amendment Center. I talk about it over at Shift Gold. And most of the time, when you talk about the national debt, most people don't care. You get a few Republicans every now and then that'll get all twitchy about government spending, uh, especially if a Democrat's in power. But by and large, I think most people think, eh, it's no big deal. And I think part of that is because it's an unimaginable amount of money. To put things into some perspective, the total output of the U.S. economy, as measured by GDP, was only $25.46 trillion. Uh, I think that was 2022, maybe. That means the U.S. economy would have to grow by 33.5% to cover the national debt. Now, at $33 trillion, the U.S. national debt is more than the total economies of China, Japan, Germany, and the United Kingdom combined. Or let's look at it another way. As of today, Friday, October 20th, 2023, every U.S. citizen would have to write a $100,228 check in order to pay off the debt. So pull out your checkbook and start a writing, right? Every American taxpayer, you know, considering half the country doesn't pay taxes, every American taxpayer is on the hook for $259,103. And that's not even counting unfunded liabilities like Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid. Counting all of that, the debt is well over $100 trillion. Some people will say even $200 trillion. It's an amount that can never be paid off. And yet, the federal government just keeps right on spending as if there's an infinite pile of cash out there somewhere. And I guess in some theoretical sense, maybe there is. But they just keep borrowing so they can spend. 
Now, the current clown show in Washington, D.C. wants to hand out another $100 billion in aid, some of it for Ukraine, some of it for Israel, some for, I don't know, whatever security things that they think they need to spend money on. The problem is there isn't $100 billion. There are zero dollars. The federal government is broke, but it doesn't matter because they'll just borrow more and hand it out because they can And then when they can't borrow it anymore, the Fed will just print some dollars. No problem. Now, of course, when I say no problem, I mean no problem for them. It's a huge problem for you because the price of everything that you buy is going to keep blasting through the roof. Yes, contrary to the claims of some, you are paying for this. Even if they don't raise your taxes, you are paying the inflation tax. You see, here's what happens. The federal government borrows money by selling treasury bonds, right? Now, there's only so much demand for treasury bonds. At some point, if you oversupply the market, the price of bonds start to fall. And when the price of bonds start to fall, interest rates start going up. That raises the borrowing cost for the U.S. government. That's a big problem for the U.S. government. So at some point, it gets unsustainable. So within what? Well, the Federal Reserve steps in. It buys those treasury bonds off the open market. It pays for them with money printed out of thin air and injects that money into the economy. And then we have inflation. Every time you go to the grocery, every time you go to the gas station, every time you buy something, you are paying the inflation tax. Nothing government does is free. Somebody always pays for it, and it's always us, right? And here's the thing. I mean, kind of looking at it from a more philosophical concept, a huge national debt is extremely dangerous to liberty. I mean, I know that should be obvious, but to politicians, it obviously isn't. Thomas Jefferson said he considered public debt as the greatest of the dangers to be feared. And he warned that in order to preserve the people's independences, we must not let our rulers load us with perpetual debt. That's because when you run in debt, you give others power over your liberty. That's exactly how Benjamin Franklin put it. In effect, the debtor becomes a slave to the lender. And since at the end of the day, you're on the hook for all of this debt, you're basically a slave to the government. And as I said, I can't emphasize this enough. You're paying for it every day with the inflation tax. But when you really get down to it, the massive debt is a symptom. It's a symptom of a deeper problem. It's a symptom of the government's spending addiction. The Biden administration is spending half a trillion dollars every single month. That's an insane amount of money in just one month. Now, it's easy to point fingers at Joe Biden because he's the guy in power. And of course, Republicans love to finger point at Democrats. But Donald Trump was no better. In 2019, before the pandemic, the Trump administration was on pace for a $1 trillion budget deficit. One trillion dollars. That's the kind of budget deficits the Obama administration ran. And the Obama administration at least had the excuse that they were trying to stimulate during a Great Recession. Trump was saying it was the greatest economy ever, and yet one trillion dollar budget deficit. So Republicans, Democrats, no matter who's in power, the spending is a problem. 
So here's the bottom line. If you want to reduce the debt, you have to cut the spending. And if you want to cut spending, you have to make the government smaller, much smaller. And that's the problem. Nobody wants to do that. The Democrats don't want to do it, and neither do the Republicans. They all have their things that they think are crucial for the government to do. As Thomas Jefferson put it, a rigid economy of the public contributions and absolute interdiction of all useless expenses will go far towards keeping the government honest and unoppressive. Useless expenses, you know, that's the vast majority of them. And the fact of the matter is almost all of them are unconstitutional. You know, people talk a lot about how we need a balanced budget amendment. There's really a simpler solution. We don't need an amendment to the Constitution. Just make the government people follow the Constitution that we already have. If the federal government only did what it was authorized to do, we would not have a $33 trillion plus national debt. Yet, alas, we do. And it is a national calamity. Now, again, when I talk about the national debt, people usually kind of shrug, eh, no big deal. And, you know, maybe it's not been a big deal yet, but just because it hasn't been a big deal yet doesn't mean it won't be a big deal. This is unsustainable, especially in a world where we're starting to see those rising interest rates, we're starting to see problems in the bond market, foreign governments aren't buying U.S. bonds anymore. We are on a fast train hurtling toward a very high cliff. And somebody better wake up and do something about it today. And no, switching out the Speaker of the House is not the solution. So that's all I got to say about that. Before I wrap up the show, I do want to remind you that you can support my work. Visit patreon.com slash maharihead, M-A-H-A-R-R-E-Y-H-E-A-D. You can become a supporting listener. And there are benefits to becoming a supporting listener. All of that is outlined on the Patreon page. Or you can support some of my fine sponsors, Liberty Classroom. Get the history and economics and political philosophy education that you did not get when you were in school and get it for a relatively low price. You can find links to that at my website, michaelmeharry.com slash learnliberty. And you can also go to the show notes page and learn about Canna Hemp, which is a company that sells CBD. Um, it is useful for a lot of different things. Check it out. If you go through my link, you can get 15% off of your first order. I appreciate everybody listening to the show. And that is it. We are 10 minutes closer to freedom. I really appreciate you listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, please do me a favor. Spread the word. Share the episodes. Let people know I'm, I'm out there. I'm back. And feel free to send me any thoughts or ideas to michael.mahari at 10th Amendment Center.com. Love to hear from folks. Thank you again for listening, and I will talk to you again next week. <laughs>